Welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 9. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome everybody to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 podcast where we bring on uh, influential business leaders and thought leaders um, to bring you the value and information and tools that we all need in order to get a little bit better and stronger and getting in touch with our superpowers. My guest today is Davis Mutabwa. Um, Davis is a startup business consultant, a podcaster, a church branding specialist, public speaker, and business coach. Um, who lives in Melbourne, Australia. Davis, it's a pleasure speaking to you today. And can you start us off a little bit with just telling us a little bit more about yourself uh, personally and professionally so that our audience can get a little bit more familiar with who they're speaking with today? Hey, thanks, Shmo, for having me on the show. Um, I'm so excited um, and it's an honor to to have you here. This just speaks to the power of networking and the power of LinkedIn. So we just connected over LinkedIn and we got chatting and, um, and here we are. So you, you, um, you're a great example of what, what can be done through social media. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. A little bit about myself. Um, I'm based um, over here in Melbourne, Australia with my wife and our five-year-old daughter. And uh, we've been out here probably about 12, 13 years, migrated from Zambia um, in 2005, which is where I studied my my chartered accounting, um, and then I started work over in uh, in Botswana. I worked over there for four years back in uh, in chartered um, in audit, uh, so working for one of the big five firms. And uh, yeah, it's been um, purely doing lots of accounting work, lots of auditing, sitting in lots of boardrooms um, with um, small to medium sized clients, just advising them on how they can grow their businesses, advising them on on how they can control um, you know their financials and and make sure that everything is being done with the right governance levels. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I decided um, to start looking into starting my own business while I was working full time. And uh, so I've been doing that, you know, coaching and working full time in the accounting industry. And uh, on and off, sometimes I work full time in my business, sometimes I've been working full time in accounting. So at, th- at this very moment, I just picked up a full time role working for a financial services company, helping them with their financial reporting. And uh, that's going great. Uh, and then I'm still running my own podcast, which I launched probably about two months ago. And uh, that's that's been that's been an awesome thing, and that's really exciting. So that's a little bit about well, uh, snapshot. <laughs> yes, no, I really appreciate that snapshot that you gave. Let me ask you a question, uh, Davis. I know that you were working. You were dev- definitely very involved in the corporate world, and at a point you started working on the side, you know, by yourself and moving into starting your own business. What was the push? that made you decide that you wanted to move out of the corporate world and into the and, and into starting your own business? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I'll, I'll start with this. I believe um, nature tells us a little bit about um, how we operate as human beings. And anytime we plant a seed, um, it takes a little while for that seed to germinate and a little while longer for that seed to actually grow and a little while longer yet for that seed to begin to produce fruit. And so... What's happened for me is back in about, you know, maybe let's say nine, nine years ago, somebody put into my hands the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And this was while I was working back in Botswana. And okay. that's probably over 12 years ago. And that's the book by Robert Kiyosaki. And after I read that book, I kind of got the, 
the bug to begin to, or the seed rather, to keep the analogy going, the seed to say, you know, you've got to find a way to generate passive income um, because at some point maybe your job income will not be there, but you still need to have some income that is not dependent on you expending hours in exchange for dollars. So that's when that seed got planted. Okay. Um, but then come 2009, um, I, was, I walked into my office just to cut the story short, and I was working as a finance manager for a, for a listed organization here in Melbourne. And, um, and I was told, and I kind of knew what this story was um, because I'd been in the board meetings and, and previous to that, and the board was asking us to start doing cuts to our staffing. Okay. And so I was one of the people who got laid off that afternoon. And, um, and Shmuel, that was like... Four four o'clock in the evening or afternoon, and I was told, "Hey, this is your final day. Um, we've already put the money into your account. Could you please go back to your office and wrap up everything you're doing, and um, you know, give us the keys at five p.m. as you leave the office?" So that was it. You know, one wow. hour time, and you've got to you got to get out. And it is it was a second time this was happening. The first time was slightly different, but really this was the first pure redundancy that I was going through. And, and um, I thought I'd get two weeks to finish. We were just trying to finish off the accounts to publish to the market. So I thought, you know, every single time you're in a role, you think nobody else can do what you're doing because you're so good at it or, you know, they will struggle to finish what you're working on. It's never true because we've found that role and someone else was in there before us. And uh, it just means that don't get too complacent, don't get too comfortable because, you know, we're all replaceable in a big organization and somebody else can pick up from where you left off from. And uh, that's not in a bad way or a good way. That's just the reality. That's just a fact check. So I left that afternoon and I was driving home saying, and I called my wife, called a couple of friends and said, hey, um, guess what? I've got no more work to do. Um, I've got no more job, rather. And um, that's what kind of shook me up. Now, um, thankfully, before that, we had already started preparing ourselves, and I started and I had invested in a couple of real estate courses. So that threw me into working full time in our own real estate company, um, doing shared accommodation for for international students around the university areas. So that was a sort of a six figure six figure income um, revenue, but then um, the profit margins were pretty low, and so. Within a short space of time, and the you know the the student population is is a population that requires you to give them the absolute cheapest, and it I just didn't have the right strategy. So after about a year or two, I I shut that business down and went back to to full time work in accounting, and um and that's that's that, that's first episode, yeah. Okay, so uh, basically, if I can sum that up, it basically seems like that you were kind of inspired by the book and. You also wanted that security of not being able to trade your time for dollars and you could actually have a business that kind of makes money based on the work that you put in initially. But then after you got laid off, it was you kind of forced perhaps quicker than you wanted to be forced into really just embracing it, you know, quicker than you wanted to. But that's definitely a very uh, assured way to kind of start something. In hindsight, uh, do you find that it was a blessing in disguise that kind of forced you to get really uncomfortable with yourself? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, do you always look back and you say, well, if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, um, what would have happened? But the biggest lesson for me at that point was it threw me into something that I had never done before. And um, and we survived, you know, it wasn't like, um, you know, we, we went onto the streets or anything like that. It was tough, uh, but, you know, it just gives you a little bit of a reality check and, and it tests you to say, do you really... Are you really committed to this journey of, you know, doing something for yourself? 
and the reality is it takes a little bit longer than we expect and it costs a little bit more than we expect always so that was a good thing that's a good learning excellent let me ask you Davis do can you recall of a particular success that you had either early on in, in your career or even once you started your own business something that you think perhaps others can tap into and can mimic in their own careers any particular examples that come to mind yeah, so I'll bring that right right up to a, a more recent situation where um, I worked full-time for, um, for GE Capital or General Electric, their financing division, for about six years. The company got shut down and I got, went through another big redundancy with lots, lots of other people. And that was probably about two years ago, maybe 18 months ago. And that, that's when I really kicked back into saying, right, I need to launch something that I can run on the side of my consulting, I can run on the side of my coaching, I can run on the side of any full-time role that comes back up, up on my radar. So that's when I really buckled down and started doing um, the pre-launch for my podcast. And the real success for me was that it was a little bit hard to work everything out. And it took me probably close to one year after I had recorded my first interview to the time I actually launched. But I persisted and persisted wow. and persisted. And uh, eventually, We've launched and uh, we're starting to get that traction that we've been looking for. And uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do, you know, interviewing the world's best leaders in business, in in, in leadership. And um, I wanted to do it on the YouTube platform. I wanted to do it on, on, you know, a couple of different platforms. And But when I figured out the podcasting, which wasn't that long ago, a little bit like what you were telling me at the pre-interview conversation, um, I found that I'm going to use this platform and whatever happens, I'm going to do it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, and, and like I told you, I checked it out on iTunes, and I see that your show is definitely growing. And we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes as well, so that you know anyone who's checking out this episode will have the opportunity to check out your podcast as well. And a little mm. bit less comfortable, perhaps. Um, maybe you can tell us. And I know sometimes these are these are uh, more illuminating and better learning experiences than successes are perhaps an early failure where something you may have a decision you may have made or a position that you may have been in and maybe reacted in a way or acted in a way that in hindsight you say, hey, maybe I should have done it differently. And is there maybe something that you've learned from that experience? Yeah, look, the, the situation that I'll probably want to share with, with your listeners who are in um, a, a, um, a nine to five role and they're listening to us discussing here and they're thinking, you know, maybe one day I want to, do something on the side or I want to actually start something full time or maybe after I retire. The key thing that I felt was a low moment for me was when um, that story that I was just sharing before when I was just made redundant that mid that second time um, in that finance manager role because um, I actually didn't have um, any savings there was no payout because that role i had only been in that role for nine months and so we had just bought a house like two years prior or something like that and we just refinanced it we put it back on the market to get out to to do something different we're going to get into that student project because you know everything just collided at the same time my wife was going for surgery the next the next day um and so it was really just a point where you know you you're driving out your driveway and you're looking back and you're thinking you know, yeah, I drive a nice car, but, you know, somebody else is owning this car because it's under finance. Is, are they going to come and repossess it? And, uh, you know, you find yourself, you know, in the welfare line trying to trying to access welfare funding from, from the government. And all those 
difficult moments and you're thinking, I studied hard, I went to school, I did this and I've, I've generated a good income, I had a good, 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 good plan, but then everything hinges on a month-to-month paycheck, um, which, which you know, the bulk of the population relies on, but we all need to come to a point of understanding that that could go away because something has happened to the company, that could go away because something has happened to the economy, that could go away because of something that is outside of our control. So at best, you've got to get your mindset right and fortify that mindset to say, if that happened and I had savings, what would I do? If that happened and I didn't have savings, what would I do? You know, the good news is, you know, most economies, you will be able to get back up on your feet, get something different, but then start to build an alternative. Nice. Nice. So from what I, from what I understand from that, it sounds like, you know, there's, there was a level of complacency that if this is the way it is now, this is the way it's going to stay. And, you know, nobody expects the tremendous financial upheaval, you know, of 2008, 2009, where there were many layoffs from very talented, experienced executives on very mm-hmm. high levels. And, um, you know, the first time I was told that everybody's rep- replaceable, I really, I'm like, no, not everybody's replaceable. No one can do this as good as I can. Yeah. Um, but then I found out, like you did, um, th- through a different experience, but that, yeah, I can move on to a different company. I can move on to a different position. The next person will come in and may do things a little bit differently and may perhaps won't know all the systems that I put in place, but they'll do things their way and the job will get done. So yeah. that's, a, that's a really important lesson of, you know, not falling into complacency and at the same time also having that backup plan. Um, another point though is you feel that you have found, I mean, um, I strongly believe in that every single person is unique and every single person has a superpower. You know, the show is called Love Your 9 to 5. It doesn't mean that everyone has to be an hourly employee. It just means that whatever you're doing and using your time doing, uh, make sure it's something that fits with who you are uniquely and not just fits, that it, you know that you have the opportunity to express your unique uh, special powers. And I'm not saying that everybody is Superman, but everybody's got something. So uh, you clearly have come in touch, uh, definitely at some level, with your unique skills and your passions, and you have the opportunity to express them in some of the ways that we discussed. Hmm. How, how did you, you know, what was the process that you did to get in touch with, with really who you are? And do you have any suggestions for the listeners, for them to come in contact uh, with who they are on a very deep level to be able to really kind of explode professionally in a very positive way? Yeah, well, thanks for that. I mean, what I've found is um, it does take time and I'm still going through that process myself to work out really, you know, what what am I re- absolutely on fire about constantly that I can continue to do um, even in difficult moments. And uh, it's interesting because I actually lead a music team as part of our local church network here in Melbourne. And um and just um, last Saturday, we were having a, a meeting throughout the whole day because we we're preparing for a, for a pretty big concert coming up. So, so we're pretty excited about that. But um, uh, my wife was organizing. You really do yeah. quite a variety of things, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. finance and your coaching and your podcasting, you know, you got your music going on the side. Good for you. So, f- full schedule, man. Full schedule. Yeah. So, so all those things. So I was pulling out the whiteboard with all, and looking for all the white, uh, whiteboard markers. And as I was doing that, I just felt it in my gut to say, wow, I feel like I'm going to run a, a, a workshop or a training session. And it just, I got just that little bit of an excitement. And I was having this conversation in my head that say, 
you really do love standing up and and training and writing on the whiteboard and that's something that I didn't know I, I, I loved but it's come over time as people have asked me to speak during my my my, my professional career to train maybe junior junior graduates um, in, in, in how to audit a school or things like that. And then over time, you know, I've been asked to speak in front of the church, in front of uh, our music teams, in front of, and then I've run my own workshops. And so, so my point is, it's evolved over time and the different opportunities come up. And once you execute on it, you get the feedback and people come up to you and say, hey, I like the way you teach that. I've heard that concept taught before, but I've never really heard it from that perspective. Um, I like the way you do this. I like the way that, you know, um, when I make an error, you're able to coach me back into the right way or, 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 you know, people who are working in my team will come up and say, you know, you're a better coach than, than other managers that I've worked for in this organization or, or in other organizations. So you start to pick up on those things and uh, it takes a little bit of time, but above all, it's personal development, reading and having people to mentor you and having, you know, accountability to different people. Well, excellent. So you really just gave us a lot of valuable, valuable information right there. I mean, I, I pulled out of that the way that you, you really just listen when people say things. Davis, you're really good at teaching. You know, you, you're a natural in front of the whiteboard and you kind of like, you know, you listen to that. You listen to what people are telling us. And usually it's the people who are not intentionally giving us the advice that sometimes it's completely authentic and genuine. I really like for the audience to be able to walk away from every episode with something actionable, something they could put into practice uh, right away, something that, you know, maybe a tool, maybe a trick. Um, I don't know if anything comes to mind, but when you think of it, there's something like a small win where they can get a little bit better each day and they can they can really learn, um, you know, something with getting in touch with, with who they really are. You know, one thing that I did probably about two years ago that I think um, I believe has helped me get to where I am right now with my podcast and some of my other coaching and, and, and outreach is I, for some reason, decided, made a decision to focus on building my LinkedIn profile to, to some reasonable level. And at that time, I probably had about 300 connections on LinkedIn. And I know it's a little bit off off, off the side, but um, I think I'll bring this into our conversation and I think somebody will probably be able to walk away with something. So I hired a, a personal branding coach uh, called Andrew Ford from the Social Star here in Melbourne and he's a good friend of mine now. And I've done a couple of his, his courses and stuff, so I'd highly recommend socialstar.com.au and to reach okay. out to Andrew. Yeah, and so I hired him for about maybe four months or so and he the biggest thing he did for me is he kept me accountable every single week. I published a blog post on LinkedIn. That is something that I had never done before. And I was very fearful about prior to that. Um, but what it did is it allowed me to just become bolder in, in what I could do on my LinkedIn profile. Most people on their LinkedIn profiles, if we're talking uh, people who are employed by somebody else, their tagline is actually their employment position. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to um, attract a new role, if you're trying to switch careers, you've got to work on that tagline that can be attractive to, to, to recruiters who are trying to uh, approach you from the other industry. Or if you're trying to, you know, maybe you're about to finish off with that company, you know, something's up the chain. You know, you, you that's one thing you can do. Some people don't have photos on their LinkedIn profile. Some people don't actually have any decent summary uh, of what their skills or what their achievements have been on their LinkedIn profile. So, this is one strategy that is easy to execute for somebody listening today and say, Davis, 
what can I walk away from this conversation? I've invested half an hour of my time listening to you two guys have a have a chat. But you go away and execute on this and you're going to begin to see dividends from it because people pay attention to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is ranked very high by Google. It's, it's indexed really high. It's got a high page ranking. And if you actually get the vanity URL in LinkedIn, which is, you know, linkedin.com forward slash Davis Mutawa, for instance, that actually mm-hmm. anytime somebody searches your name on Google, you probably that that profile will rank number one unless you've got your own blog blog site. You want to do that, and then you want to start approaching people. You know, optimize your LinkedIn profile by filling out your, your essentially your resume, but summarizing it in a nicer way without you know highlighting I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. But you know, in a nice summarized, high level way, but fill it out. You know, put put in your qualifications because that helps you reach more people who've come from you know, the same school you went to, you know, all those little warm, warm touches help people feel connected to you. So if I went to Monash University here in Melbourne doing my postgrad and someone else is a Monash alumni, they will feel like, oh, we went to Monash. That's that, that's a conversation starter. So you fill out all that information. It's not too much about in, in invading your privacy. It's just about getting on with networking. You would, you would tell somebody that if you met them in person. So why wouldn't you tell them if you, if you're trying to network with them online? So bottom line, I grew my network from about 300 connections to over to close to 5,000 connections right now on LinkedIn. Now, for some people, that's nothing. But for me, it allowed me to, to, to receive inbound requests like this podcast case in point because I believe my LinkedIn profile is a strong profile and it allows people like yourself, Shmuel, to be able to look at it and say, well, this dude maybe have something to offer. And um being able to pick up consulting engagements because people will go to your LinkedIn profile and see that you're you're legit, you're genuine, and um, you know you've worked in some places where maybe their friends have worked or whatever the case might be. So a couple of key things, if I just summarize that, you know, make sure you've got a strong profile photo for LinkedIn. Make sure you've got a strong tagline that kind of encompasses a couple of your key strengths. So for me, you heard when Shmuel was talking about, I'm a podcaster, I'm a church branding strategist, I'm a, ch- a dynamic chartered accountant, and I'm a startup consultant. That Those are some of my taglines that are that are on my LinkedIn profile. And then you, you know, have a good summary, run through all the roles that have been important in your career, essentially complete your profile, even your social interests. So you will see on my LinkedIn profile, my music is on there, my church work is on there, because some of the people will connect with me because, you know, they've had a history working with the youth in the church or something similar, you know, in charity organizations. So all of those things, you never know which one will open the door for you to your next interview, to your next, um, you know, business project, business opportunity. So that's my takeaway. I hope that's of value to somebody. That is awesome. Um, I, I was tempted to interrupt you so many times there, but it really for the audience's sake, I kept my mouth shut. But that really, yeah. that really was a, extremely valuable. Now, I know what you've done is, uh, you know, is over the top for your LinkedIn profile. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's not the first time I've seen it. But it definitely pops when you look at it. I definitely I read your entire summary, and I see all the articles that you have, and it definitely uh, presents very very well. And I've seen people very high up in in various positions who have very weak uh, LinkedIn profile. Two other mm-hmm. points that you just said um, is be real, be authentic. People are kind of um, don't really trust social media as being you know, real life, like if people, if you were, you said something very smart that if you would do it, if I met you, if I sat next to you on the plane, we would discuss certain things. 
So that should you could put that on your LinkedIn profile. That that's that's who you really are. People put there's so much opportunity, you know, to kind of explain who you are. I wouldn't even say bragging rights or showing off a little bit, but just you know, people should be able to have that conversation just by reading your profile. It should be the first five minutes of any conversation had you met them in a train station, on a plane, or any other place. The other thing you mentioned is be bold, you know, in in a professional way. But it's okay. You know, you have things to say. So if I want to summarize your your um, one-minute takeaway is really for anyone who's listening, can focus specifically on LinkedIn um, and to try to grow those connections. And all of your connections you have, have other connections. Find the college that you went to. Find the company that you work for now, the company that you used to work for, and really start building that connection and really great things can happen. So just before, mm. before we close up here, um, do you have any particular... Um, I'm not going to say books, but maybe one particular book. I know you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad before, um, and I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. But any other particular book that has particularly influenced you that you think might be beneficial for the audience as well, maybe to read that book? Yeah, I think I probably could default to that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because um, it's interesting. I was talking, I was interviewing a guy called Kirk Ashley, um, Kirk Ashley here in here in um, um, in Australia, originally from the U.S. And he's done some speaking engagements with Robert Kiyosaki on stage because he's um he's a success coach and um and a and a professional speaker as well. So he was actually saying, you know, the story in that book is actually not a real story. There is no rich dad and there is no poor dad. It's just um a way to embed um a training philosophy that that um Kiyosaki received. But I love I love that book um, in terms of how it opens up your mind, especially from the real estate angle. But it it embeds it within the philosophy of generating passive income um, using you know real estate or using shares and things like that. So I think that's what I'd say. Perfect. So th- is that your final answer? Or do you want a lifeline? I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but Richard, honestly, I have not read that book, and I definitely will, and I definitely appreciate it, and I hope that the audience will appreciate that. Um, as well. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Obviously, your LinkedIn profile, um, Davis Motaba on LinkedIn, they could definitely search for that. But how else would it be? Um, would you recommend for people to get in touch with you? So I would actually encourage everybody to number one, just go and subscribe to the Business Generals podcast um, on iTunes. You can either search for Davis Motaba and the podcast will come up. Subscribe to that. And then also, jump on to businessgenerals.com and download our high, our most popular episodes. Davis, I really appreciate your time. It's been really exciting. Maybe one day you'll come to America or maybe one day I'll end up in Australia. You never know. Uh, the world gets smaller, especially as more and more people interact in, you know, in these types of ways. But really, I really appreciate your time early in the morning today and with the information that you shared. And I look forward to continuing this relationship. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on the show, Shmuel. And um, it's been awesome to have a chat. And hopefully we'll, we'll reconnect again soon. Thank you so much. You know, in, in summing this all up, I think we can really all learn from Davis how to deal with our professional challenges. Davis was let go from a great job and immediately set out on another career. First in real estate, And then he started his very own podcast. When the going is tough, we just need to look into ourselves and to see how we can innovate even further. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, 
and have grown professionally from this, do me this little favor, subscribe on iTunes, and leave me a nice review. This will help others learn and discover about this show, too. I look forward to joining you again next week, and until then, look into yourself, find your inner self, accept it, be proud of it, and learn how to express it.